What is up, family? My name is Dr. Dale, and you are listening to the Black Men and White Coats podcast, a place where black male clinicians have the platform to share their stories with listeners like you. I am so very excited about today's guest, and I'll tell you why in a second. But before I roll into that, man, we have got so many great things that are just underway right now with Black Men and White Coats. And I'm going to start off by telling you guys about the Black Men and White Coats Youth Summits. We have got a lot of summits that we're going to be rolling out throughout the year 2020. We've got summits in February, you know, all throughout the spring. We've got summits lined up all the way to fall of 2020, right? So last year we had a summit just in Dallas and everybody had a great time. And we started getting people reaching out to us from all over the country. Come to our city, come to our city. So that's what we're doing. We're coming to cities near you. So make sure you check out the site, blackmenandwhitecoast.org. We're going to start listing our cities we're coming to very soon. And just be on the lookout. A lot of you guys are going to be really happy when we show up in your city, all right? So be ready for that. Uh, what else we got going on? So you guys know that I work on the books. So Dr. Doc series, I put the first book out recently. So if you haven't got that for your kids, make sure you check it out. Dr. Doc, Tony and Jace learn about the heart. That's the first book. So what I'm doing with this is a five-book series, a five-book series. And the idea really was made with, with you know the hopes of showing young black boys that they can become medical doctors. Now, with that in mind, I want young black girls to read it and to believe they can become medical doctors. I want Hispanic boys to read it, Hispanic girls, white girls, white boys, Asian. I want everybody to read it and everybody to believe that they can do this, right? So if you haven't seen it, make sure you go grab a copy, check it out. And I'm just about done with the second book right now. So as of this recording, I'm almost done with the second book. So keep your eyes out. You'll be seeing an email or Facebook post or something coming up really soon with the release of the second Dr. Doc book, all right? You're really going to enjoy it, and even more important, your kids are going to enjoy it. All right, now for what you guys have been waiting for. Today's episode is amazing. I feature somebody who, who's growing to be somewhat of a, a friend to me, at least via social media. We've never met in real life, but we do communicate uh, on a regular basis via social media. Dr. Raymond Warapa. Dr. Raymond Warapa. He's an orthopedic surgeon. And um, you, you guys are going to see from his episode here, he has a multitude of wonderful sayings. And one of my favorite ones, he actually got it from his daughter. He says that we need a, it's time to put more chocolate chips in the cookies. It's time to put more chocolate chips in the cookies. And, and the reason he says that specifically in his life is because he's the only black male practicing in his group, right? So he's a sage. You're going to get that from listening to this. He is a sage. He has so many words of wisdom that he's just going to drop so much knowledge throughout this story. And, of course, you guys know how I get down. So I have a lot of things that I can say about him right now, but I'm going to wait to the end so I don't give you guys too many spoiler alerts, all right? I'm going to wait to the end. So go ahead and check out Dr. Raymond Warapa. <laughs> Hello, my name is Dr. Raymond Warapa, and I'm a black man in a white coat. When I think back to the beginning of my journey, what stands out to my parents and my family. As a child, I remember them celebrating all my academic triumphs with me. Whether I won the handwriting competition or came second or third in some other challenge, they always took the time to acknowledge the hard work that went into my preparation and the triumph of putting in my best effort. 
Sometimes I won, sometimes I didn't. But in my eyes, I always won when I got home because my biggest cheerleaders were always there for me. I grew up in a middle-class Christian home, so there were no lavish overreactions every time I, an acknowledgement was made, but I didn't need that. At that age, all I needed was to know that I was seen and heard, that I was relevant in some way. That's the key I would stress to parents of young children today. Make sure your children feel as relevant as possible. And it really doesn't take much. My father was an infectious disease physician, an epidemiologist. My mother was a hospital-based social worker. I have an older brother and a younger sister. And through the years, my parents never pushed any of us in any particular career direction, ever. Our childhoods were about exploring our interests and passions. It was instilled in us at an early age that we could pursue whatever career paths we wanted and that the only thing that could limit us was our preparation and effort. The sky was always the limit and we were no less than anyone else. At first I found myself drawn to math, then computer science, then natural sciences, fancying myself in a different career every time I transitioned. In high school, I found the complexity of science quite intriguing. The fact that minor changes to equations or variables could completely change the results of an equation or experiment created even more wonder and drew me in even closer. By the time college rolled around, I was able to see how the field of science had the potential to help so many people live better and live healthier lives. Finally, I settled on a pre-med course. I've always been a hands-on and visual type of learner, so some of my favorite classes in high school and college were art and shop classes. I felt a certain peace in using my keen eye-hand coordination to effortlessly express my inner thoughts. I've always found it very therapeutic using my hands to create. In fact, I still have some of my ancient college pieces in my home now. It took years to convince my three children that dad had some artistic skills, as they say back in the day. Admittedly, I was always an amateur artist. And one thing that continues to fascinate me to no end today is the capacity for the human mind to create professionally. Whether watching an artist paint, a sculptor mold, a photographer capture, or a musician manipulate an instrument like they were born with it in hand, I'm always in awe about just how creative the human mind can be. Anyway, back to my story. I had a very good college experience. I made great friends and was taught by some great mentors who further fertilized my intrigue with science. I went to enough social events to feel balanced, but I also certainly turned down a fair share of midweek party invites and shenanigans to focus on my studies. 
You see, I never lost my drive and purpose throughout college to persevere, challenge my abilities, and succeed. I felt I could not squander the opportunity of a solid college, edu college education. And given my pre-med path, I knew that my current success would be critical to my future success. In the long run, college would be just one of the first steps along a long journey. I was aware how long medical training could take, but that was never daunting. I was always laser focused on what the next step should be and not trying to get too far ahead of myself. This approach served me well through my lengthy training. As a Christian, I always also felt that my God had a path for me in my life, even if I didn't fully understand what it was. Faith in my God and a purpose-driven life would carry me through some long, dark days. My medical school years were great. A fine institution with good mentors. I made critical connections with minority physicians who gave me lots of encouragement and support along the long drive. During my clinical rotations, I became enamored by the field of surgery and just how creatively patients could be helped physically. When I finally got to my orthopedic rotation, however, the light bulb was fully lit. I found my calling. Orthopedics is as hands-on and physical a field as one can find. All of a sudden then, four years of medical school were over. I completed my residency in another five years at yet another fine institution. It was during that time that I focused in on the field of hand and upper extremity surgery. My program director was actually a hand specialist and he was an inspiration to me through those years. There were not a lot of black mentors in orthopedics around me at that time, but I soldiered on. I found the intricacies of the hand and upper extremity to be a perfect fit for my keen eye-hand coordination. No matter what one does in life, whether simply recreating, working, or living life itself, we do it through our hands. At times, patients are majorly affected by minor hand injuries. This was how I could contribute to humanity. I then completed a one-year fellowship in hand and upper extremity surgery at a busy, excellent institution. My agenda for that year was always packed with lots of great experiences, and that sure made that year fly, by, fly past. I must say the highlight of that year by far, however, was the birth of my first child. What a blessing that put life into perspective for me. As far as training, in my mind, there's a huge advantage to doing the various components of your training at various institutions for a richer, more diverse experience. Finally, the day I was waiting for all those years was here. I was an attending now. One of the most thrilling experiences, whilst also being one of the scariest and anxiety provoking, 
is when you realize that you no longer have the cover of an attending doctor above you, that all decisions now stop with you. That first patient and first surgery will always be memorable. I've always been in the minority throughout high school, college, and medical school, residency, and fellowship, and now even after many years in practice. But you simply cannot dwell on that. That just gives somebody else power over you. No matter what, remind yourself that by the grace of God, you earned your way to where you are, period. My practice group currently has over 50 plus partners. It has grown significantly from the time that I joined years ago, but I'm still the only black physician. Don't get me wrong, my partners are great guys that I would hang out with any day. However, that's still a deficit that I hope someday will change when the right candidate comes along. One of my charges is to make sure that when that next candidate comes around, I've already subconsciously disarmed a lot of the unspoken prejudices that I know still exist around me. There'll be no doubt in nobody's mind just how professional, excellent, and team-oriented the next black orthopedic surgeon can be. You see, I went to a good college a great medical school, an excellent orthopedic residency program, and a world-renowned hand and upper extremity fellowship program. I did not mention their names on purpose, because I don't think that really matters. What I mean is that we are very fortunate in this country to have excellent teaching programs all around us from coast to coast. I truly believe, I truly believe that it's about getting in where you can, Buckling down, going for it 110% day in and day out. All your patients down the road care about is that you are an excellent, skilled, ethical clinician in good standing. Let's be clear. I've had my share of tough days and challenges along my journey. Sometimes it was the ancillary staff, sometimes my supposed teachers. Sometimes even the patients that would say things or respond in certain ways or verbalize subtle innuendos that had an overall discouraging purpose. This was where self-assurance and purpose were called upon. I could always hear my parents' voices reassuring me that I was up to any challenge. I saw challenges, never obstacles. I would gather myself and move on, giving no person the power to derail my destiny. That inner voice can surely calm down a lot of potentially tricky situations. It makes a huge difference before you get into these situations if you are already comfortable in your own skin. To the youth today, it may seem like times occasionally become horrible with despicable acts of racism, but it has not been that long since the enactment of civil rights in our society. I saw the legacy of some of this throughout my training. 
the number of my attending physician staff and even allied health staff that I encountered who were minorities was always small. Rarely, even a patient would infer that they considered you unqualified to take care of them simply because of your ethnicity. Tough as it was sometimes, I never wanted to play into their rhetoric. No matter what they thought or said, I saw each instance as a teaching opportunity for me to them. You are always in control. Hopefully, I would change their warped, tainted view even just a little. So that when they encountered the next minority professional, their outlook would hopefully build on where I left off. As a professional, there's no valor in becoming confrontational with patients. Remember, you truly have the upper hand to de-escalate the situation. Utilize witnesses whenever possible. Always officially document encounters, especially the bad or unpleasant ones because you don't want to be surprised someday down the road about the extent to which people may go to wrongly discredit you. Most of the elderly patients in my office just grew up in a different time. They either openly practiced bigotry, were staunchly against it, or silently complicit with it. I try to size people up and meet them where they are. When I can, I even ask that rare patient about the KKK tattoo emblazoned on their arm or forearm. Usually there's a sheepish admission of youthful indiscretion as they try to reassure me that they have evolved into a better human being. Thank God times have changed, but we still have a long, long way to go. Racism was so ingrained in the past that sadly I will occasionally still need to convince an elderly black man or woman in the hospital that I am indeed their consulting surgeon and not their food service or housekeeping service. In every case, I consciously try to leave a positive legacy, hoping that I shifted the needle just a little bit towards more open-mindedness, diversity, and inclusion in people's thought processes. You see, no one is born a racist, but it's very easy to raise one. One striking simple example in our society is that for almost a hundred years, skin bandages have only been produced in a single very light shade, neglecting the fact that the majority of the planet is inhabited by rich variations in skin tone. After designing and patenting my own bandage designs for hands, I collaborated with True Color Bandage Products Company, of which I'm now a part owner, to produce more representative skin bandages for the world. If you get a chance, check out our website at www.truecolorbandages.com. That's spelled T-R-U-C-O-L-O-U-R-B-A-N-D-A-G-E-S dot com. Our slogan or catchphrase is diversity and healing, and that remains one of my missions. 
there are a lot of bright young black boys out there that either are underwhelmed by failing school system or actively discouraged by narrow-minded teachers or counselors about dreaming big and instead pushed into short-term options. Sometimes it's the parents themselves who cannot see the potential in their own child because that dream for them was always so far out of reach. I truly believe that we are products of our environment. As I think back, I'm always so thankful to my parents for sacrificing what they did to create the best environment they could to help their children thrive. That is still the charge of parents today. Whatever you need to do to advocate for and overwhelmingly support your child's academic environment, do it. They need to develop their sense of self and potential and purpose from what you instill in them at home. Otherwise, they will be easily corrupted by outside influences. My career course was not perfect, and just like the rest of us, I am an imperfect being. Life comes with mistakes and misjudgments, and it comes down to how you respond to them. It took a whole team of people, of various cultures and races, and a lot of faith to get where I am today. Now I look for opportunities to be part of somebody else's team. Well, that's my story. And I'm still waiting for the next black man in a white coat to come join me in practice and continue the mission. As one of my daughters says, it's time to put more chocolate chips in this cookie. Thank you. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Thank you so very much, Dr. Raymond Warpa. So many great things. You know, I'm just going to start off by just pointing out, because you guys by now would know that I am an entrepreneur and I'm all about maximizing your potential. So I'm just going to start off by pointing out the fact that not only is he an orthopedic surgeon, he's an innovator. He's an innovator. He saw a problem. The fact that there were no bandages that looked like his skin or other people's skin. And he said, wouldn't it make sense? to have bandages that match our skin. And I so very much agree. I remember one day I had to cut my finger and I was thinking, I was like, man, I really need to get something that matches my skin. But I just love that. You guys by now know that I love entrepreneurs. I love innovative minds. I love people that go above and beyond their calling as physicians. And that is exactly what he's doing. Now check out some of these sayings. I told you guys he was a sage. So I love, he said, I saw challenges, never obstacles. Just think about what that means. I saw challenges, never obstacles. That means that he was not going to be stopped. Obstacles get in your way and block you. So that's not an obstacle. That's just a challenge. He talked about leaving a positive legacy, representing diversity well, representing your race. So no matter what you do, leave a positive legacy. If that if somebody comes at you with a racist comment, don't don't go back and attack them. Leave a positive legacy. Some people just don't know, and I love his humility in that, and I love his perspective of hey, let's not fight, let's let's just educate, let's just inform, right? I love that, I love that, I love it, right? And the last thing I'll say, and I can go on forever and ever, you guys know that about me by now, but the last thing that I will say, which I really appreciate, especially as a parent, remember, I'm the guy who wrote the book, How to Raise a Doctor, Wisdom from Parents Who Did It, so especially as a parent, 
I appreciate how he started off the episode talking about how his family celebrated his hard work. His family celebrated his hard work. And as a father who was a medical doctor who a lot of people would consider me as somebody who gets a whole lot of stuff done. So somebody who was um, perhaps rather intense as it comes to as it pertains to work and somebody who coaches his kids team. Even I need reminders like that sometimes. Right. So I need reminders like that. I need to remember, hey, when your kid comes home, tell him, good job, son. Good job, daughter. It's about the hard work. And I just love the fact that he incorporated that right from the beginning of the episode because we all need to hear that. There's not a single parent in this world that does not need to hear that. So thank you so very much, my friend, Dr. Raymond. We'll wrap up. I don't know how we're going to get more chocolate chips in the cookies, but but I'm glad that we have you here on this podcast. Uh, it means a lot to me that you took the time to join the podcast. And shout out to, to you again. I'm going to give a shout out to your True Color Bandages. You guys check that out, truecolorbandages.com. Um, I love the entrepreneurial itch that people have out here. So you guys know what to do. Subscribe to the podcast, like, share, but definitely, again, please, please, please subscribe. It helps us with our ratings. It helps us get these stories out to more young people from diverse backgrounds who have dreams and aspirations of becoming medical doctors. Make sure you check out the website. We're going to be rolling out these dates for the Black Men and White Coast Youth Summits that are going to be happening across the country in 2020. And keep in mind, it's not just for black men, black women, Hispanic, white, any and everybody's welcome, right? This is something that we're we're diverse and we're uplifting everybody, all right? But we certainly, certainly, certainly want our young black men to show up at this event. All right. Grateful you guys listen. Have a wonderful day. And as always, you already know. Love you guys. Yeah, yeah.